mm-hmm. like you know, from promoting events, from going out to different places, you know, being on stage with different people. So Venom was the character that I kind of built. Mm-hmm. But Luigi's like, I don't think a lot of people will tell you, yes, I know who Venom is, but they never really know who Luigi is. Because mm-hmm. only a selective people that's around me knows me, knows me. Mm-hmm. But to them, I was whatever I wanted them to see, which mm-hmm. is Venom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just like me, you're also an immigrant from Haiti that came to America. So tell us about you growing up as Luigi and going through the different things that, you know, from living in Brooklyn and living in Long Island. How did that shape you as a man? Man. All right. So basically, when I was in Haiti, we had a maid. Mm-hmm. We had a maid. We had a chauffeur to bring us to school. We pretty much had it like, you know, a little better than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Man, I remember the day I came to America and then after I turned a certain age, we had to go do laundry with my mom. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to go do laundry with my mom, she was just like, hey, so you guys think you're just gonna sit down here and not do nothing? <laughs> I was like, what, what you mean? And then she was like, make me and my brother and my sister take all our clothes and started putting on the laundry by herself. She was like, yo, you guys left Germany in Haiti. That was the name of the, the maid. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, you guys left her in Haiti. So from, from now on, you know, you gotta learn how to do things yourself. Wow. It was kind of like a wake up until being in Haiti, having everything handed to you mm-hmm. and coming out here to try to build yourself and finding out what kind of person you're gonna be, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. So what, what do you feel like would be one of the biggest lessons that you received from Brooklyn? <laughs> Don't mess around with the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, because I remember, speaking of John Dewey, like I remember when you was younger, um, oh, you got into it with a couple people, especially in the neighborhood, not too far from here. And you know, like, so tell us about that experience. <laughs> I made it, I made it to the news. Got into the biggest fight in school. I was was hospitalized for a week. Mm. Yeah, and what it taught me is just like Brooklyn is different. I I don't I don't hate on Brooklyn. I'm always gonna say I'm from Brooklyn. I like being in Brooklyn, but I don't miss living out here. Mm. Like going back to Long Island. Whatever, I mean, you know, there's some real thug in Long Island, but whatever they call thug out there, mm-hmm. I'd rather deal with them mm-hmm. than dealing with the one from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Yeah, Brooklyn is different, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving from Brooklyn being so aggressive into Long Island, did you experience kosher shock? Like moving in there, was things different? Everything, everything was different in Long Island. Long Island was like a fresh thing of air to re ever to recreate my image of how I wanted to live, how I wanted to be. Like I, I got the chance to go to a school where nobody know who I was. Yeah. Nothing about me, so I get to to make me who I want to be. And that's when you became Venom? Venom. And that was that was it. And who was Venom, this character that you created? Like what would you say was was some of some of Venom's characteristics? Fun. Joke around all the time. You know, interacting with people, being around people, always be that guy that put lights in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That put that shines lights on everybody. Mm-hmm. That's why I want my character to be. That's why I started being 
it was so easy having people meeting new people all the time before you know I'm starting to know everybody mm-hmm. you know going to different towns going to different places so I did to react with you know a lot of school around the time I was still in high school mm-hmm. so I, you know that's how I got a little buzz to start throwing an event my first party I had with my cousin Krita the first party we ever had together was in at the American Legion Remember, we fit 1,000 people in oh. that place. Oh. Our first event was with Soul Links. It was this guy named Popsy was who took us under his ring and taught us how to do promotion, how to be a dancer, how to be an entertainer, how to be all of it mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel like was the biggest hit that he got you? Because it's kind of remind me of the BMF story about how um, with the two brothers uh, Big Meech and Southwest T, how there was an older gentleman in their neighborhood that took them underneath his wing and showed them how to, you know, how, how to hustle, almost. Do you feel like he took you guys under his wing and showed you how to hustle the apart from those scenes, too? Yeah, there's a couple of things that I would want to say, but this is not for here, but he pretty much taught us, like, Popsy taught us a lot of things about the game. Mm-hmm. and how to promote parties, how to have a successful event, how to market yourself for people to like you, mm-hmm. you know. And then my cousin Critter, he started to get big-headed. Mm-hmm. He started to feel like he didn't need no one. So then we, we had meetings every Sunday. Mm-hmm. He stopped coming to the meetings. So Pasi was like, yo, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to kick him out. Mm-hmm. And you know me, as being as a lawyer person, I was like, yo, if you kick him out, I'm leaving too. Because mm-hmm. this is a this is a one package deal type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? He was like, I didn't kick us out thinking that we wasn't going to do good by ourselves. But we came up. Mm-hmm. We became at Lightning Squad. Me, Critter, and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And one thing you said earlier is that it is very important to have a team, to have a strong team. Because the team is what's going to carry you to championship, you can say. Yes. And oftentimes, Everyone on the team don't carry the load, and when and when someone's not carrying the load evenly, then someone has to carry more of the load. So, what are some lessons that you learned from being on a team? Um, I can honestly say, um, what I learned in the team, the word team is important because if everybody's not working together, it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. If everybody's out trying to put the same effort. Trying, trying to do the same, trying to have the same vision mm-hmm. is never going to work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you think you can do this thing by yourself and if you don't have the right people to push you to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work either. So I believe that, you see most, think about it, most celebrities we see, mm-hmm. they all have a team. They're not doing it by themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They might be the face of the team, but that's who, that's without help. You can't get to where you need to be, mm-hmm. and those are the help. So, yes, I believe that. And team, if we're not a team, it's never going to work. Mm-hmm. So if you guys put your head together, put your head together. But if one trying to always think that it's a fight between who can be better at doing whatever we got, the project that we're working on, mm-hmm. it's never going to work. Mm-hmm. And that brings it to relationships, because it's almost the same thing as relationships. If, if a man or woman is together, or whoever it is in the relationship that is together, you know, um, if they're competing against each other, it doesn't work. Versus to if they're working together, 
and unity, then they're able to build more. Um, you know, you and I, we dealt with a lot of different women in our lives. That, so, how do you apply that to the women that you've dealt with in your life? I don't know. When it comes to me, when it comes to when I was younger, I didn't care about things like that. Mm -hmm. But after you become like older and start to noticing things that those were, those are like kind of like the problems in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Now you became to a space where like, do you want to deal with this? Mm -hmm. Or do you rather just be single and just be you? You know what I mean? So that's a lesson I'm trying to learn to myself. Like sometimes some men put up with this headache, even they don't want to. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be, I've seen people with relationships that are really happy. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm not saying any relationships are perfect, but I, if something is a headache, it's not for me. I'm sorry. Mm. And I'm so quick, like the person I'm becoming now is so quick to leave the drama alone. Like, to be like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm not dealing with this, I'm not doing this. Mm. You know what I mean? Before I probably would be like, oh, okay, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be by myself. But now I'm loving being by myself, being able to do things by myself all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes we all have to be comfortable being by ourselves. And I feel like that's what, let all men know thyself. You know, that's what the Bible says. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we depend on other people to help make us whole. And when we do that, that causes us to highly depend on other people to give us an identity. And sometimes when they're gone, then that's when people say, I'm lost without you. But then if you learn who you are, then you learn to stand on your own two feet. That is so true. Yeah, so. That's something I had to learn too, you know, like going through all the different things I went through in life. And, you know, like, I feel like life is going to be one of your best teachers because it's going to teach you, like, through ups and downs and sufferings. A lot of times when people go through difficult times or when they go through suffering, they feel as if they're being punished, but they don't see it as... There's 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 a lesson in it, and then it builds you it builds you up to be stronger when you overcome adversity, you know, like us going through the difficult times that we went through, even being Haitian. Like last night, I was talking to somebody, and it was like, you know, when you're Haitian, you go through an extra struggle on top of the regular struggle because you know. <laughs> Do you believe that? I believe it because you know Haitians. We already coming from a very poor country, and then and then we come to America, and then sometimes we gotta work our way up and we, we have to deal with the systematic racism but then also the the um, cultural biases amongst blacks like how blacks felt about Haitians at one point when they felt very negatively towards Haitians at one point I remember that they weren't nice to us at all but now things seem to change but yeah. I we moved up bro. we moved up I remember when women didn't even used to say, oh my God, you Haitian? They wouldn't even speak to you. Yeah. Because you was Haitian. It's the same thing with the light-skinned, dark-skinned. Back then, like, girls wouldn't speak with the dark-skinned. Now, all of a sudden, they saying dark-skinned is the end. It's the same That's thing true. like that, man. I feel like a lot has changed when it comes to relationships and dynamics, but even courting. We were talking about earlier how back in the days, we used to write the women love songs. We used to uh, make them mixtapes. Um, mm -hmm. They used to cut class and come see us. Like, <laughs> things like that, man. Like, those, those are fun times, though. Like, 
What do you feel like changed the most about that? The technology. Mm. The technology make make things like I don't know. I don't know. I don't think people really take romantic serious anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Back then, it was nothing more fun, man. Just going to you remember the Night Nothing store right there mm. on on by I sixty eight. Mm. Yeah, used to go to the Night Nothing store by like the little Night Nothing paper and mm. the envelopes and shit. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, write a nice letter and stuff. And we really had to think. Not everything is in the, is on the internet. Yeah, like back if then. you were saying something back then, it's because you wrote that from your heart. Yeah, fine. Now you want to say something nice to a girl, you just Google it <laughs> or or chat GBT. <laughs> fine, right? Like what I used to do was I used to just go through different songs and mm -hmm. I would just make and the still, song. Yeah, I used to make the song <laughs> speak for me through the songs. Like I used yeah. to make the mixtape. So by the time the girl come over. I play different songs, play different songs by the middle of the mixtape. <laughs> you know, you got, you know, you never got to the end of the mixtape, you know? That but, was your way of expressing, yeah. express, expressing how you feel. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You just throw a mixtape on. Like, first, this was the play, though. First, you make the mixtape, and then you give it to her to play at home. Then you wait a couple days, then you invite her over, and then play a mixtape while she's <laughs> there. Because she already nice. think about you to the song. Facts. So I used to do that, man. They used to call me Dr. Love on AIM back in the day. <laughs> I used to come to you and help me write the, your card. What do you think I should say? You think I should, think I should put this in it? Yo, my mom was like, what are you talking about Dr. Love? What's this Dr. Love? What is this? That's a fact. That's a fact. Yo, I remember all of us, me, you, and EG Money, we used to all sit there and write songs for girls. They're like, yo. <laughs>
I mean, what they keep showing us is going to happen eventually. It's going to be underwater. It's going to be sinking. Like, there was a time when it rained heavy in Manhattan, and I was driving. I couldn't drive. I had to keep going around and around because the streets was flooded, like, close to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, so it's already been happening. One time, I went to New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, for my sister's graduation. We was driving around circles for two hours because all the streets was flooded. The, the fire department had to come with one of those blow-up boats like those life rafts things mm-hmm. to save somebody out of the water. So it's, it's already been happening, like the climate change. Think about it, look how long winter lasts. Like winter just finished like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, That's man. a fact. It's been crazy out here. That's a fact. Yeah, man. So you were saying like once you became Venom in Long Island, that's when you started to get a lot of the clout. Do you feel, and then you went through a lot of like hardships and troubles eventually, and this is the one that you said you wanted to speak about. So yeah. there was a lot of women, there was a lot of partying, and Party, there was a, a lot of liquor. A lot know? of liquor involved. And then you got caught It's up. funny how like, I was never the drinking type. Mm-hmm. I was never like, I was always everybody designated driver. And I didn't know where, bro. I don't know what it is. Started going to the club and popping bottles every week. Mm-hmm. It became a home thing now. Now I'm popping bottles at the crib. Like mm-hmm. like I'm buying, we're buying Henny, like Douce, like on the Wednesdays, mm-hmm. on Thursdays, you know what I mean? Like everybody started their weekend early. And that's when the bad habits started picking up. Mm-hmm. This is becoming a normal thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kept drinking and drinking. At first it was cool, but it's like, whatever. Until I started to let that thing control my life, man. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, making me become a whole different person. You know? Like, I burned a lot of bridges with friends. Like, good friend of mine, too. Like, I started to see, like, I started pick, pick, like, I'll pick alcohol all over them any day. When you say you pick alcohol over them, what do you mean? Like, they'll tell me good stuff that is good about, like, yo, like, the right thing to do. And I wouldn't listen. I was listening to any any voice that was in my head. That's what I was listening to. You know what I mean? Like people would tell me. It's like anybody that was trying to tell me something good about myself. I was just trying to like avoid them and be like, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. Were you the first? I mean, I could say yes. It's just like I became a person. It's like. You live a certain lifestyle and you let people don't see the worst of you. Like they always see the nice part of you. It's like you kind of become the second person where you're hiding like your problems and whatever like to anyone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And after a while these problems start to stay in your head and you have no one to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. It became, uh, it became, you know, it can put you in a place where like you don't even want to be yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like make you depressed, start drinking, start thinking about, you know, things that you never thought you would do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so you can even have some sort of, like suicidal thoughts too mm-hmm. about all of these things, you know what I mean? And you know, it's all, it's all a matter of like, how long would it take you to solve that type of problem if you know you have it? Because it's not a topic that you can just talk to someone and you know they're just gonna listen to you and go take care of it. It was like something that you gotta decide for yourself to be like, you know what, I wanna be a different version of this, a different person. You, you know? felt like you got no support during that time? Around that time, well, 
I did have support. I think that I abused my support. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was taking advantage of them until they was no longer there for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, damn, how much bridges can you burn? How much people you can put down? How much people you can hurt in this process? Like, what, what's, what's next? What do you think the, the deeper issue was? I'm still trying to find out. I guess it was just one of those things that you can't, you can't really talk about, but you feel it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like it speaks to you in a different way. Like you just can't, you just can't even say it verbally. But there's certain things you think. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things that come to your life. Where could you be in life? Where could you possibly be? And what did you do wrong? And are you trying to fix it? Can it be fixed? Is it too late? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of these, like... One of the things I studied in school was the, um, was addiction, like my final year, my clinical year, and we had to sit through a AA, Alcoholic Anonymous, mm-hmm. and um, NA, Narcotic Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and before I even went over there, I had a prayer that I wrote. Like, I, I wrote it on my skin, and I had it written on my wall in the room that I was during the entire time in college. And you probably heard this one. It's God grant me the serenity to accept the things mm-hmm. I cannot change. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that one hit so hard because a lot of times we want to continue to change things that we have no control over. And the fact that we try to continue to control it and we're unable to, it bothers us the most. And, and we beat ourselves over it, ironically. And says the wisdom to know the difference between the things that we can change and things we cannot change. And, you know, we need the courage to change the things that we can change, you know? The, the you know, the heart to be like, all right, I'm, I'm not gonna do this anymore. Let me fix my issues instead of running away from them. And it's like what I was telling you earlier, a lot of times mental illness comes with a chemical addiction because we're dealing with these things mentally. First, we become mentally ill and then it continues, 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 and then, no, it's almost like if we don't work on our mental health, then we then get mental illnesses, and then these mental illnesses like depression, anxiety, it could then become even deeper, then you start hearing voices, schizophrenic, schizoaffective, you know, bipolar, schizophrenia, and then, you know, they become worse as you continue to hear the voices, then you're doing drugs and alcohol, then you're speaking back to the voices now, and then you start yeah. seeing people that's not there, and then you start bugging out, and then, you know, you're taking advantage of everybody else to continue to feed that addiction. And it's a it's an endless cycle. A lot of times we don't recognize it, but it has a lot to do with our lives, especially childhood and the way we was raised or like the trauma that we witnessed or experienced that we continue to try to, I guess, not want to deal with or say out loud. True. Um, I mean, I went to, um, I went to rehab too in January because when I tried to quit drinking, I could not, man. It was like, like the most hardest thing I don't think any human being can do. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of made me see that I, a lot of people keep telling you like, 
oh, nah, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not an alcoholic. But a lot of people are social alcoholic and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not because you drink, you don't get messed up, you don't get drunk, doesn't mean that you're not one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to tell you? And Explain that to Like, there's people that drink every every day, every time they get up for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they don't consider themselves an alcoholic because of the fact that they can control it. Okay, okay. You get what I'm trying to tell you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, with me, it's just like, I lost control of this thing. So, in January, man, I got fed up. And I ain't tell nobody. I got up and I just went to rehab. And, you know, trying to change certain things about me. It's just like, I needed a clean start, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to go get it. So, I put myself away for 28 days. That was kind of like my clean slate where I needed to just be away from the world for a little bit mm-hmm. to try to understand what's going on with me and understand myself. And I, I ain't gonna lie to you, this was the best thing I did for my life. And how was it? Like, what lessons did you learn about yourself during that time? A lot of people showed me, like, damn. I had to really ask myself, was I really an addict? Because I'm not gonna lie to you. After I got out of rehab, I ain't go to no meetings, I ain't go to no program, and I still been clean for about six months now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't drink. Like, I ain't, you know, some people go to meetings, go to groups, go to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I told myself I was gonna go. When I really thought about it, I mean, it's good for people who help. When I really thought about it, it's like, was this really gonna be for me, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, or I'm just putting that in my head. And ever since then, I've, I have not drank. So it's more like a, or you need some, you know, I think what helps me too is the fact that I have like family members in my house mm-hmm. that kind of like knows like my situation and like when I tell them I didn't want to drink anymore, cause, so they're more supportive of me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like feel like I didn't need to call someone or whatever because I can always talk to them mm-hmm. and they would never judge me about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of make me didn't need the meetings and go to groups and stuff like that but it was the best experience ever because it really made me sit down and really see like where was my life gonna go if I keep doing the same thing I was doing mm-hmm. and how to prevent it from happening mm-hmm. and I sat down and I told God like you know give me a, give me a clean slate mm-hmm. give me a clean slate to just figure this whole thing out again and this time get it and keep it that way mm-hmm. yeah. It seems like now you're focused more about the future. And one of the things we spoke about is you were saying basically that growing up you wanted to be famous. You didn't know for what. <laughs> or, I know I was going to be somebody important, mm-hmm. but I didn't know for what yet. Yeah. Because it was my mentality, like watching like celebrities on TV. You know, being, I don't know, I always thought, tell myself, I, wanted, I always wanted to be the light of the party and I wanted to, to be loved by people. I mm-hmm. wanted to be loved by everyone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone will remember me as that guy. Like, oh yeah, you been around Luigi, oh, you been around Venom, yeah, yeah, you're a cool dude, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a good thing that I wanted to hear about myself. Mm-hmm. Until you started to, man, you started to be bigger. You start going to different type of parties, different type of things. You start to know everybody. Your life become more mixy. Mm-hmm. People you don't know talking about you. People that you know, like, you know, going uh, to spray your business out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Women left in that. And if you're trying to date, you know, women won't take you serious. 
Mm-hmm. They think that, oh, all guys that are promoters, all guys that are dancers, all guys that DJs and do all these things is all negative, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man. And to hear all these things about me, man, I ain't gonna front. I can, I can definitely understand what a celebrity go through when they talk about them in a bad way. Because mm-hmm. I ain't gonna front. This stuff used to bother me because all these people that were saying these things about me never even hang out with me. Don't really know who I am, really. Mm-hmm. But you know, they just spread more. People were like, oh, you know, they just talking, they just talking. But now, nah, words hurt sometimes. Mm-hmm. Especially if you hear it about yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I went through, through my little party phase too, a little bit. I, mean, I was never a promoter, but I used to party a lot with the guys. And you know, like I know what you're saying, like, you know, always having a copy of your outfit every week and being mixy, oh, being the pictures. Copping bottles, and after a while, you know, you want everybody to, to like everybody, be your friend. Then mm-hmm. after a while, you're like, damn, like, why am I doing all this for? That's a fact. Because that life do get lonely eventually. So, like, these are things that I had to learn. Like, you know, when you become a man, you put your focus into other things, and you find other avenues in order to promote and help your people. So, that's just where my mind state is. And your mind state seems to be focused more on legacy, too. And yeah. you're also a father, so how has being a father impacted your life? Uh, telling my kids that I went to rehab was kind of like tough though. It's like I didn't know if it was a good thing. Telling them, I don't know. To me, when, at first, telling people in general that I went to rehab, I didn't want people to label me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's crazy, mental, this, you know, he's an alcoholic. He's, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be labeled as that. So it was kind of like a, a thing where it's like, you didn't want to tell people about it. But now, I'm to the point where I, I really don't care because I I believe if somebody really thinks somebody needs rehab, mm-hmm. you should tell them because they help me out. Yeah, and a lot of people are dealing with addiction, whether it is alcohol addiction or narcotic addiction or whatever it may be. And some mm-hmm. people are ashamed to get help. Like a lot of people they want to quit but they can't and they don't know what it is or what's going on with them and they and it's hard for them to to realize or to even admit that, yeah, it is an addiction. So this is something that a lot of people deal with. Yeah. Admitting this an addiction is the toughest part. If you can't get to that stage, you can't really go nowhere. Mm. You stuck where you at because it's admitting that you have a problem is the first one. And no one wants to admit that they have that problem. You know, even if they do, they'd be like, what are you talking about? That's not me. You know? Yeah, man. And that happens a lot with us within our society where we deal with these things and we're so arrogant that we don't want to get help or deal with getting help. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think people are more comfortable in the stage that they are like, it's easy, it's easy to go back and use mm-hmm. than staying clean. Mm-hmm. There's too many rules, there's too many things you're trying to do, it's too many complications, so they'd rather just be messed up mm-hmm. than try to get the problem fixed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They get comfortable being broken. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. fixing that's, hurts too much. That's a fact. Yeah. Once you fix yourself, you gotta start you know, facing reality. Yeah, taking accountability. Yeah, so a lot of people are just like, nah, I'd rather just be this person instead of trying to face my problems mm-hmm. and go back to 
the real world, you know? Yeah, facts. So, this is one thing that I've seen a lot happen, especially to people in the shelter, you know? They start to get a disillusion of reality. And there's a quote that I heard that sometimes when you're drowning, it's easier to just swim down than swim up. Yeah. Yes. Like, what does that mean to you? It's anything in life, pretty much. Like, when you're drowning in anything in life, it's, in, it's easy to let people bring you down mm -hmm. than try to boost yourself up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it's like sometimes people is really, it's like waiting for someone to tell them the word that they can't do something. Mm -hmm. And some people, they just not built like that. They don't want to hear that word neither. What's that? The word that they can't do something. Mm. So you got some people in the, and that's like, you know, they take matters into their own head. They they do things their own way. You know what I mean? That they're and not they, supposed to do? Yeah. And they got some people that just listen to the rules. It depends. It's all a matter of which one you want to be. Some people use, like, don't take nothing from nobody for a good thing, and some use it as a bad thing. So you as Venom, do you feel like you listen to the rules or you didn't listen to the rules? <sighs> Depending on what kind of rules we're talking about. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of rules that's, you know, you gotta, you gotta be more specific with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So being as a father now, like what, what legacy or what memories or what ideas of yourself would you like to leave for your children? You know, the, the fact that the thing is not, like, when you want to do something, don't be afraid to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And be who you are, be yourself at all costs, because that fake it till you make it thing, mm -hmm. it don't last forever, and it never bring positive people in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... And it gets expensive after a while. So I know my kid to always be themselves, stay in school, do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. The good thing is I got some amazing kids, you know what I mean? They understand, they're really good. Like my daughter, they, I can't. I still can't believe I have a 14 year old daughter, I got a whole teenager. Yeah. You know what I mean? So talking to her is like... That's showing our age. For real. It's like talking to an adult now. We, we, we've known each other for over 15 years. Uh, yeah. Since you was how old? 15 years old? Maybe younger? Yeah, when I just, since I went to high school, when I was living at, since I was in like 8th grade. Yeah. Yeah. How old you are in 8th grade? 9th grade. 9th grade. How old you are in 9th grade? I only got to be like, like 15. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, so we've known each other for 20 years. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> We all <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah, man. In that 20 years, like, what do you feel like has changed the most in our lives? <laughs> we became adults. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember before we were a kid, you know, doing the wrong thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stealing your dad's car. Mm, there's a dad's car crash, and then you were at the time we took the hand, we jumped straight We tried to fix it. <laughs> Kids, right. you know what I mean? 
Some of us went to school. Some of us did different things. Yeah. Like we all growing up, mouse. But it's good to see that. Like every time we can, we get with each other. Mm-hmm. That's good, you know. Yeah, facts, facts. Like just like the other day on my daughter's birthday party, that's when everybody came out and showed love. Like just seeing everybody there. Mm-hmm. And one time, like somebody was like, "Yo, you got all these people in your house." I'm like, "Yo, all these people are close friends. Like I know who everybody is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody knew where everybody was. You know, just like like very few new faces. Everybody else was just yeah, that's a long a fact. time." That's a fact. So it's been like that for a while. Like even Pinocchio pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, know, you know, like I remember, like when we was young, we went from like sharing clothes, going to parties, <laughs> listening to like reggae. Like Yo. we used to practice dance moves in the mirror for the party. That's a fact. That's a fact. We going to the S-curl out here. Going to the little team bash. Yeah. Try to do that Rico Swami look. That's how all my hair fell off. But this guy still got his hair. I don't know how he did it. Because he had been G-Boy. They the ones that put us on to the S-curl. Like, like, yo, we don't get waves. I did have waves too. I ain't going to fight. I had a lot of waves. Yeah, we still got S-curl, <laughs> you reason why my hair fell off. Yeah, man. That and the women. Like, you know? <laughs> the women used to stress me out, but the S girl thinned it out. You know, both of them together. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so that's what happened, man. But I remember those memories, man. And then y'all moved out to Long Island, and then, like, it used to be far, and there used to be parties on Peachtree, I remember. Yeah. At Logic Crib. I remember one time there was a kid, like, he jumped out the tree. <laughs> that was Critter. And, yeah. Uh, oh, you was at that party? Yeah, oh. yeah, bro. I've been there that long. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. It was a so-called over the world. They really do it over the fence, bro. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember them times, man. Hundred people in the backyard all the time. One time we had another party at Roger's house, bro. Mm-hmm. Over a thousand people, bro. That thing we it was a time around the time where um Project X mm-hmm. I mean a movie. Nah I came. The cops came like the sofa. You, you, you was there, there right? Yeah, that was like down. we feel like we had the whole precinct. Yeah, like I was dead. The block, it, it came from the backyard to the front yard and yeah. it went to the middle of the street. The whole street got blocked off. Mm-hmm. I was there too. So I was saying, I remember those parties. Big Boy was there. You had a tall big friend. I forget his name. Um, Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Man, I remember. I remember when y'all, when y'all like, yo, bro, we be trapping outside Peach. I'm like, ow, oh, bro, where's that dog? <laughs> 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 And he was like, yo, bro, we be out here, we be trapping, I'm like, nigga, you trapping the house, watching TV. <laughs> yo, kid. Yo, I remember that time, he was like, yo, we be trapping the Peachtree, I'm like, where? <laughs> yo, I remember one time, bro, yo, when, um, when I first moved to Long Island, and then, I remember one time I was with my friend, we were driving around, right? Yeah. And then we was in Windage, and then he's driving and shit, he was like, yo, this is the hood. <laughs> 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 I 
came and be like, yo, this is the hood? He was like, yeah, bro, that's the hood. Yo. Cause ain't nothing but nice houses. Nothing like, you know what I mean? Like compared to what we used to in Brooklyn, yeah. we tell you this is the hood. Yo, I was like, yo, look, I would be trying to be like, like trying to make their little houses a little black for like gangsters and stuff. Like, yeah, we thought that was a lot, but <laughs> and the corner store was mad far up the hill, the little <laughs> corner store, but yeah, gas we station. Barely have, we barely have those, bro. You know what started taking over though? Seven Eleven. Yeah. That's the one store I used to always go to every time I go out there. The only store you could really go to is 7-Elevens. Yep. I used to go out there, get Slurpees, me and Eddie, all the time. Yep. You and your brother stayed in trouble, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you and your brother stayed in trouble. That's who we are, man. Oh, man. Like, like I need more. That's time more over for me. Yeah, I mean. I think it's in our nature as Haitian people. Like, even reading up on the history of Haitian people, they always fighting, like, you know, always at war. And when there's no one to fight, they fight each other. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. But why do you think that is? Like, even in our own country, people still move like that till today. I don't know. I think it's just in Haitian spirit. Mm. Like, Haitian just like the... Like, I don't know. It's like, it's like even when you were at home, right? Mm -hmm. And you feel like your mom feel like she haven't said nothing about you for like a whole week. Mm -hmm. And she, all of a sudden she'll pick, she'll look for something mm -hmm. just to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like just be bored and be like, you know what? I haven't bothered him for like a week. <laughs> Let me just say something. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, that's how I feel like Asian parents are. Yeah, I mean. It's never enough for them. Mm -hmm. They'll find any little thing, you know, mm -hmm. any little thing to bring up. So let's just say you're 85 years old and you're sitting at home and you're looking back on all the memories and all the things that you accomplished. What are some things that you would like to have checked off at by that age? Uh, married. Mm -hmm. Get married. Um, you want to do the big wedding and everything? Nah, my wedding gotta be different, though. I'm not. I'm not trying to have a bill, just like you and and, <laughs> and you know my cousin, yeah. my cousin Matthew. I'm not trying to have a bill like this. That wedding looked expensive. Mm. Good. I'm trying to do the nice little like Hampton, mm. rent a nice like mansion at the backyard. Mm. Have like different variety of food. You know this shit. The, I mean, you know the the. The spot, they mm -hmm. can only tell you, oh, this is what you can feed your family now. Everybody to come and grab their plate. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, but FaceTime. Yeah, okay. like that. Yeah, that's better than the catering halls that be charging per plate. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still gonna spend money on food, though. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's still way better than, than paying, like, mad money for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody get to have food that they actually like, you know what I mean? I think that's key, because a lot of times you go to the fancy places, but the food be trash. trash. Yeah, man, they'll give you like filet mignon, you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's Billy Cook in the middle of you, that dry-ass chicken with the little sauce, <laughs> nothing on it. Little, little greens on the side. Yeah, a little that's two pieces of <laughs> With no salt on it, no nothing. No, no, no flavor, no butter. No. 
<laughs> One time I went to a place, well, they gave me raw fish. Like, the fish was only cut up until the middle. It was like, you see how they had medium rare steak? They did medium rare fish. And I'm like, yo, these people were bugging. Like, hmm. like, the top of the fish was a little crispy, but the inside was, like, soft. Like, a little nah. too soft. Nah. Like, they try to cook the salmon like a steak. Nah. Oh, nah. So I, I heard people do that, though. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I'm, I'm good. It's supposed to be, I guess, a fancy way to cook it, but I don't like it. Nah, not my salmon. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. So what are, so what are the accomplishments you would want to buy at age? Yeah, get married, um, have my own house. Mm -hmm. Have my own house. And work with my business. I always went to, like, I like taking pictures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to have, like, a photography business, but... You have a camera? I used to have a camera, and I got it, um, basically, <laughs> you want to know the truth? Mm -hmm. I got drunk, and I left my my, my iPad mm -hmm. and my camera in my bag, wow. and I left it inside the Uber. Wow. I called back for them to give it, um, to thing it, the guy who caught it that he never saw a bag in the car. Wow. Yeah. He's like, deuces. <laughs> for two words. I just, you know, I just got that tablet, too. Wow. Got, and I know they got me good because they had no password on it, no nothing. Wow. So it's easy, an easy reset. Wow, easy lick. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you, brother man. <laughs> so why don't you get a new camera and do it? I'm trying to get a new camera now, but I'm trying to get a good, decent one. And to get a decent camera, bro, it's not cheap. Yeah. So marriage, home, exploring business and hobbies, and what else? And then have all the fun that I can with my wife. <laughs> all the good memory before I get too old, man. Like what? Enjoy like my kids, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You gonna have some more? Um, nah, I mean, the only way I would have kids again if, if I'm married to a woman who doesn't have kids. Mm -hmm. If she doesn't have kids, it would be messed up to not yeah. have, give a kid and I'm married to you, you know what I mean? Of course she's gonna want like something, I'm, of mine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The politics, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if she have kids, mm -hmm. I think my kids are your kid. That's that's enough. With the Brady yeah. bunch, but then she still gonna want a kid between the two of y'all, right? I don't want it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like most people women feel about that type of deal? Do you think they with that deal or are they not? With they it? not with it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> You're not with it, you gotta go. I'm sorry. I'm, mm -mm. So, if you were to leave the people with a closing thought, because I remember you saying you wanted to come on here and talk to the people, is there anything else you feel like you wanted to let them know or you wanted to say? Basically, I'll tell everybody, you know what I mean? If you believe in something and you know you can see the vision in your, in your head and put it into reality. Go for it. Because, you know, that's how creative, creativity is created. That's how you get things done and mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, and stop trying to put yourself down when certain people are trying to put you down. Because we let that happen to us a lot. We let people tell us how we're supposed to do things. And we believe them. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to bring us down. You know what I mean? Start trying to believe in yourself, you know, start trying to push yourself, trying to do things for yourself. 
And if yourself doesn't like it, then it's not meant to be. You know what I mean? Instead of people, because people knows, and you know, people can can be jealous of sometimes what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or what kind of talent do you have? Like, you know what I mean? If you have friends like that, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm just telling you to stay away from people that is jealous of you. People like that will kill you for anything. You know what I mean? But what's some signs of that? Like for people to look out. You know, when you start becoming much more successful than your friends. Well, that happens a lot, though. That happens a whole lot. And a lot of them will sit down and talk shit about you and be try to be cool with you, try to bring you down. But, you know, sometimes you don't see it because you never expect that person to ever do something like this to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they exist, man. They are here. I mean, you still got genuine love for them, you want me to hate and hate for you. Yeah. And this is the way I try to live my life too, man. I try to live my life in a way of never be jealous of nothing that none of my friends have. Mm-hmm. Like anything, your success, nice house, nice car. I try to like not let these things have never define my relationship with none of my friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some people will be jealous of like they see you buy a car instead of being happy for you. They'll be like, oh, why did you get the car? Like, why did you do this? Why you? you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. You're not the one paying for it. Why do you even care? Mm. You know what I mean? I mean? But sometimes it can be out of love too. Like, you know, they're like, yo, bro, I don't think you could afford that. I don't think that'll be... Oh, that, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I understand. But, you know, there's people out there that, because you're probably driving something nicer than they will still tell you you can't afford it. Mm. Just so, you know, just so you can be on their type of level. I mean, when you try to level up yourself too. Yeah, but time is going to tell. Time is going to tell if you could afford it or not. That's a fact. Yeah, man. And I, I don't think I'm the type of person that will go for a lot of things, especially at my age right now, go for things that I can afford either. I don't got the time for that, for that at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but some people do it though. And they do it a lot. But yeah, man. I thank you for coming on the show. I thank everyone for watching. I thank everyone for supporting and all the people that continue to support everything that we're doing. Once again, we're having an art gallery gala on July 30th, 2023 at 6 p.m. It's going to be at 275 Park in Brooklyn, New York. It's going to be real good. Um, I hope everybody pop out and show support and show love to all of us. And the only reason why we're able to do this is through your continued support. So check out the Eventbrite. The link is going to be in the description. You can go on our website, www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's therealwordministriesinc.org. Or check us out on Instagram at therealwordministriesinc um, on Instagram. Or check me out at rickstar1875 on Instagram or rickstar1875. Or on Facebook. Facebook.com backslash the real word seven, the number seven, like Mike Vick, um, or YouTube.com backslash the real word seven. So that was about <laughs> all the links and all the things that we're doing. <laughs> you can go and check it out as usual, per usual. Um, also, just to know, um, my brother Luigi, aka Venom, he wanted to come on and just have this therapeutic session where he just expressed um, the different things that he's gone through recently and just to express like you know the importance of family brotherhood and even getting help when you need help and not to stay within yeah, your don't, addiction don't ever be afraid to ask for help either like you know 
If you need it, ask for help. So some people with their pride, pride will make you not wanna be able to be yourself and and not be able to ask for help. So sometimes you just gotta put all that pride aside and just be like, you know what, if you really want this, if you really wanna fix it, you just have to put your pride aside. Mm -hmm. And pride is a big thing that a lot of people don't understand. You know so, what I mean? Facts, facts, facts. So we thank you all for joining us today. Shout out to everybody for watching The Real World. Shout out to everybody for supporting. Shout out to everyone that's helped us to get this far so far. Um, we're going to go into a new season. Shout out to BronxNet. Um, BronxNet is, is sponsoring us for our television show as well. We're going to be on there. Um, we submitted the pilot this week, so we're just waiting on BronxNet. Shout out to The Brick Network. We're on The Brick Network every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, at 12, at 1, and at 4 p.m. on the Brick Network. Again, we're having the Art Gallery Gala, so you can check us out there. Um, come out, show love, pop out. You want to close out with a prayer? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you, God, for this beautiful day you gave us. Father God, I ask you to forgive my sin and everything that I have done that is wrong. Thank you, God, for bringing Rickard here with me today. Help him with his prayer, God. Help him with anything that he needs in his life. Open doors for him. Make sure you continue to take our hand, Father God, and keep walking with us in, you know, to the right path. I ask you to bless and help those who need you, God, the people outside that need you, that haven't found you yet. We still ask you to give them the strength to still believe in you to let them know that you're coming one day. And I pray for my kids, my family, you know, my brother, my sister, to continue to build up, to continue to build their strength, God. Please, you know, you know their health, you know what they need in life, to continue to help those people that really need you, God. Amen. Amen, amen. So we thank you all for joining us. We thank you all for your continued love and support. God bless and good night. Shout out to y'all. It's a real world. It's a real world.